One, two, three, four. Palapalooza. Palapalooza. We're talking to you. I'm Palapalooza. Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? It's alive, it's alive. It's alive. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I see dead people. I know what you did last summer. Ooh. <laughs> Come out wherever you are. They're here. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Welcome to Happy Halloween, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening to Palapalooza. I'm your host, Troy Cook. As if 2020 has not been horrifying enough, right? On this episode, we're going to chat about all things Halloween, all things horror. We're going to check in with our good friend, Brett Reeves. He is a horror fanatic. He is the guitar player for the Petty Saints. We're going to do a fun Halloween trivia segment that you guys can be a part of as well. Uh, We're going to geek out on Halloween and horror on this October 31st, 2020. Thanks again for being here. Let's give Brett Reeves a call from the Petty Saints, ladies and gentlemen. Aloha. Brett Reeves in the house. Happy Halloween, buddy. Hey, happy Halloween, dude. How the heck you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, man. I'm uh, I'm lounging in, in bed right now. This is very formal, you know? <laughs> I know that you're a horror fanatic. We had the Petty Saints on last year. So, you know, we thought we'd touch base and, and talk about Halloween, talk about horror. I'm going to do some Halloween trivia with you. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit about this year's zombie apocalypse how has that been for you oh man you know 20 uh 2020 has been an interesting one i'll say that (laughs) (laughs) interesting interesting is a good word yeah crazy right i mean it's we're both horror nuts and it's halloween it's it's sort of been uh very similar to to a zombie apocalypse in a lot of ways dude it really has man it's uh it's it's been a, a weird spooky year you know it's been scary. Yeah. It's, um, I don't even know if we need Halloween in 2020. Oh, you always need Halloween, man. Thank you. Yes. That's, that's the right answer. <laughs> I've told the story before, but my family and I will go on hikes every once in a while and we like to stay socially distanced. So I'll, I'll pretend that people on the trail are zombies and we'll sort of run away from them and we'll, we'll turn it into sort of a fun thing. Oh, there you go. That's that's the way to do it. I usually just pretend most people in real life are zombies all the time and avoid them, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I hear that, dude. Like, in a lot of ways, the, the social distancing aspect and the, the less crowds and, you know, uh, less traffic and less driving, it's really not all that bad, is it? No, I'm not, I'm not hating it. I mean, obviously, I miss, I miss shows. I miss going to shows. I miss playing shows. I miss, I miss all that kind of stuff, but I definitely don't miss everywhere else being crowded. I hear that. 
Uh, speaking of shows, live stream on 1010 just uh, a couple weeks ago, man, at Bar Pink. How, how was that? I tuned in. Oh, man, what'd you, what'd you think? I thought you looked good. I thought you sounded good. It's. I was thinking about it, man. It's just fun to see um, guys like you and bands doing their thing because that's your element. You know, that's where you guys are are thriving and happy. And, and the fact that 2020 has taken that from us, uh, when I see these live streams, I, I'm just sort of happy for the band because I know they're having a good time. And I could tell, you know, I was watching you, your, your cute little smile and your dimples, dude, and you looked, you looked happy. Oh, that's my happy place, man. I, it felt good to be back on a stage, and you know, I, I love playing with, with those guys. And uh, that was our first show with our with our new drummer. He killed it, man. And it was it just felt good to get up on a stage again. I mean, even if there was no one except for Davey sitting there yelling at us behind the board, you know, it still it still felt good just to not be playing to each other at practice you know right but but yeah covid it'll pass it's a spanish flu with instagram (laughs) (laughs) we were literally just talking about that i mean the the main difference and with everything happening today and all the unrest and all the protests and everything is that everyone is connected and like yeah you know emotions travel quickly and you know with social media I'm going to make a long story short. I think we just need to be a little more productive and like start thinking of ideas. Let's not continue tearing each other down and and being, you know, spreading fear and spreading chaos and spreading spreading emotion. Let's let's use social media and this connection we have with everyone in 2020 to to do some cool shit. Come up with some ideas, you know, whatever they may be. Yeah, well, that's one thing that's been great about being able to, for bands and stuff to keep playing is, you know, music's always been a, a big way for people to connect. And it's, that's been a great thing to keep at least some form of a, of a normalcy and keep people connected in a positive way is being able to keep the music going in some aspect and stuff like that. Absolutely, bro. That's, yeah, that's a great point. COVID talk with Brett Reeves. Uh, <laughs> let's move to present day, man. Happy Halloween. Let's talk about some fun stuff. You don't have any kids, right? None. Nope. How do you think tonight is going to go down? Do you think trick-or-treating is going to be affected by COVID? I definitely think it's going to be less than normal. But, I mean, I already have seen so many people saying they don't care. They're taking their kids out. <laughs> I've seen I've seen the people get inventive with their uh, their candy shoots and and all that kind of stuff to at least keep some distancing, but let let kids get out there and trick or treat. And... Yeah, I've seen that. Uh, I'm gonna bring my my daughter out. I mean, my wife is pre existing, so we're very cautious. But I don't see a problem with being outside, and you know, maybe I don't know, maybe we won't take candy, but we're gonna at least cruise out and experience the atmosphere and. I mean, I, I've said this a couple times. It's like, dude, it's the one day a year where we all wear masks. So <laughs> why do we have to cancel it? We're good. That's actually a good way to, to do it. I haven't think about that, about not actually doing the, the candy thing, but just at least dressing up and cruising around. And I mean, that, that sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, I think for a long, you know, for the past few years, or even since the beginning of trick-or-treating, taking candies from uh, strangers is, you know... Sort of a weird thing, right? 
COVID or no COVID, bro. Razor blades in the apples. And uh, yeah, there have been stories about poison candies. You know, that's a fact. People do it. Uh, not to scare anyone out there, but. Don't trick or treat at vans. Yes. Yes. No trick or treating to uh, strange looking men in vans, kids. Yeah. Stay away from that. Yeah. We're going to do a little uh, Halloween trivia with you here very shortly, and all our listeners can participate with that as well. Uh, you have a new Petty Saints album or EP coming out? Uh, so we just finished uh, all of our tracking for our debut full length. Debut full length. So how many tracks? Uh, so this one's going to be 10. 10 bangers. And will when will that release? Um, we don't have an official release date yet. We just finished tracking with, uh, with Daniel from dark horse. Who's been amazing with this whole album. Um, I've had so much fun working on this album with him and he's made everything just so exciting. And he, he's brought a lot of fresh ideas to this, to the band working in that respect and everything. Cause sometimes, you know, you need that outside ear to kind of, kind of rein you in when you when you start getting a little too ahead of yourself you know <laughs> absolutely man but yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun and so we just finished tracking this month so he's been he's been busting his ass in the studio getting everything uh mixed up and ready to be sent off for mastering and then once that's done we'll get it sent for vinyl pressing and then we should we should have a release date pretty soon stoked I was aware that you guys are with Dark Horse Records. Do they actually, how does that work? Do they have their own studio there near the coffee shop or <laughs> how does that work? So when we did the EP, we had recorded, we had originally recorded the EP with Jeff Forrest at Double Time uh, with the intent of them just being demos for us to get get some shows, you know? Okay. And then Daniel got a hold of got a hold of our, our demos from it um, and wanted to wanted to do them more professionally. And so he brought us in and had, um, he had a studio he had built above their warehouse, their co- where they store all their coffee and merch and all of that. Oh, cool. He had a studio upstairs. So we kept the drums and re-recorded all of the guitars and bass and vocals and everything with him up in that studio and then for this one, he actually, uh, we were supposed to have started it earlier, but he ended up moving to a space at Singing Serpent. So we were waiting for that to get, get all set up. And uh, so, yeah, we recorded at uh, Singing Serpent. Singing Serpent. Okay. So that's sort of the studio that is that Dark Horse works with, correct? Yeah. Yeah. They're... Um, I think Angels and Airwaves is recorded there. They record like commercials there. Uh, Le Saboteur recorded their most recent album there. That's right. I've never been there, but I've heard a, a lot of great things about it. Is Daniel the engineer? Yeah, Daniel Daniel did everything for it. Cool. And he also owns Dark Horse Coffee. Yeah. Okay. He had worked in music in some capacity before he got into the coffee. I know that. Oh, cool. And then he did... He wanted to use his resources and everything to to help small local bands get uh, get some exposure and some some recordings and just 
stuff they normally wouldn't be able to get on their own. You know, he just wanted to help help be a push for local bands that he uh, he believed in. You know, right. You got your new drummer too. We kind of mentioned that. What's his name? And and chat about him a little bit. Uh, his name is Matt. He is he's awesome, man. He uh, so when we were looking for a new drummer, he had he had reached out to us, and he's he's played in a lot of a lot of bands in the local scene over the years. He's he's a bit older than us, so he was he was more active in the '90s playing in a lot of bands. And um, but we had him come over for a jam, and he just from the from the first time we met him he just fit right in with us personality wise he's a he's a goof just like us loves punk rock rock and roll and he he just fit with the sound really well and it was uh it was one of those things where it was just we all felt like we connected with him really quick musically and personally cool. so it's been it's been awesome having him in the band it feels like he's he's been the long lost saint you know Right on. Yeah, very cool. Welcome, Matt. Well, cool. You got the new lineup and uh, new album. I'm stoked to hear it. I'm a fan. You guys are killing it. Uh, What is it about horror, Brett, that you like so much, dude, on this Halloween 2020? It's it's just been one of those those things in my life that that's always been there. You know, I remember my dad. My dad is a huge horror fan, and I remember being like. I forget how old I was, you know, my dad comes to me and he goes, Hey, you want, you want to watch night of the living dead? And, and me as a kid, I'm like, yeah, sure. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty sure I had nightmares for weeks, but that just started, uh, <laughs> started kind of a tradition of watching horror with my pops growing up. Um, we used to every Friday go to, go to blockbuster for all you uh <laughs> for all you young for all you youngsters out there that's where we used to rent our movies before netflix they actually had <laughs> movies on the shelves that's dude such i have so many great memories of blockbuster and like hollywood video they well, should bring that back just for like nostalgic purposes you know well there's that have you seen there's a blockbuster there's one remaining blockbuster and you could actually rent it out to have sleepovers in yes i love that yeah but yeah, that was, that was for me some of my best memories were Friday nights. We'd uh, me and my pops would go go and go to the you know the dollar section where the old movies and we'd rent like four or five old horror movies at a time and bring them home and watch them over the weekend. And that was what we did most weekends. Right on. It's so insane how technology has advanced, huh? Like I can literally talk to my TV and say, you know. Hey Siri, play Evil Dead. <laughs> I could, I could, uh, I turn on my TV. I go to Netflix and I spend four hours scrolling through the horror section. I'm like, seen it, seen it. This looks dumb. Seen it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, totally. I've been watching a lot of new horror. I just uh, signed up for Shutter. What, what are your top three horror movies? Well, my number one. I know you would be, uh, are gonna probably agree on this one. The, the original Halloween. Yep, 1978 Halloween for sure. Absolutely, man. That's definitely the original. I'd say next two in no particular order. Rosemary's Baby is a huge one for me. Um, the Exorcist is one I'll always love. Yeah. You say three? There's three. <laughs> <laughs> The Exorcist, dude, absolutely. That was like the the movie where people were puking and fainting in the theaters, nineteen seventy six or something like that. You know, it's funny, and it's I don't I don't want to I don't want to get too crazy and, and put people off or anything, but I, I'm not a religious person, and right. it's funny. But I saw that movie when I was a kid. My parents were over at a, at one of their friend, like the neighbor's house or something one night, and left me 
at home and, and uh, the exorcist came on TV and I watched the whole damn thing. <laughs> and I mean, it scared the hell out of me. And to this day, I still, every time I watch that movie, man, it's just, there's something about that movie that just hits me so weird. That added scene where she walks down the stairs upside down is, Ugh. is just horrifying. And yeah, the, the acting in that movie, I think it, really does it but um but yeah the bedroom scenes in the exorcist i mean <laughs> the power of christ compels you it's a classic for a reason the 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 book is one of the the few books in my life that actually kept me up like scared at night i haven't read that yeah that's cool what age did you start watching horror because I have a seven-year-old, and I think I was about six. I'd say I was probably right around that age when I when I started watching horror. All right. Well, I'll have to start introducing Lyric to some, uh, you know, I, I think Halloween, 78 Halloween would be all right. There's a couple scenes in there where she has to turn away. Yeah, it's a good one. I mean, that one of the reasons I love that movie so much is the, the subtlety of it, you know? It was... That was before, because I'm not a huge fan of blood and gut horror. I mean, it's fun to watch, but I mean, that stuff, doesn't, it's not scary to me. I love I love the subtlety. Like, there's basically what, there's almost no blood in that entire movie, but it's still one of the most brutal horror movies I've ever seen. I don't know if you saw on social media, but I went up to the uh, Myers house up in Pasadena. I did. I did. <laughs> I loved that. Like, what a, what a cool family trip. Yeah, the wife and the daughter had no choice. No, they wanted to go. It was fun. And, you you know, you go up to Pasadena. It's a couple hours up. And uh, uh, you get to walk the streets, you know, where where Michael Myers, uh, all the neighborhood and the, the creepy trees. And the, the hedge is nearby. It's a few few miles away. And, and uh, Lori Strode's house. It's just, it's cool, dude. It was like the, uh, the Graceland for me in a lot of ways, you know? Oh yeah, do they do they let you go into the house? They do, but we went up there on a Saturday and it was closed. So it's a business. It's like a an insurance place. And if they would have been open, we could have we could have gone there. But it looks the inside looks like the movie. You walk in, there's the stairs that go up. Uh, I guess originally it was in a different location. It was a couple blocks down the street, and they literally moved it. They moved the whole house, and uh, right now it's across the street. From the hardware store. Uh-huh. It's cool. I was I was dorking out, dude. I was dressed up like Michael Myers, and a lot of people came up and were taking pictures, and it's, dude, I, I can geek out on that shit for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's a, that's a trip I, I plan to take one day is, is a little trip up to Haddonfield. Yeah, little trip up to Haddonfield. Yeah, it was fun. I definitely recommend it. We're thinking about going up there uh, tonight. A Halloween night, so we'll see. <laughs> what did you What did you think of the uh, the newest one? I thought it was good. I left the theater thinking it was the best remake that Halloween had done, that the franchise had done. After watching it, I own it. Um, I'm a diehard Halloween fan. Um, I would still put it up there in the top three or four. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I gotta. I want to watch it again because the first time I watched it, I I didn't love it. Okay. I, I just I just thought there was there was some some stuff in it that that wasn't true to Michael Myers. There was a couple parts 
off the top of my head, I couldn't, I can't tell you exactly what they were. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember in the theater thinking like, that's not something Michael Myers would do. Like, that's not how Michael Myers works. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but if you look at totally, and I agree with you, the, the thing that got weird with Halloween 2018 for me is the doctor. Remember the doctor? Like, yeah put on Michael Myers mask and like ended up wanting to like learn and wanting to help him kill that fucking kind of ruined it for me a little bit. I agree. I will say though, I, I did enjoy Rob Zombie's Halloween. I didn't love how I didn't like Halloween two that he did, but I liked the first one he did. There was something I just, I like Rob Zombie movies. I love his aesthetic. Um, I mean, obviously, if you listen to the Petty Saints, you know we love, like, old rock and roll and shit like that. So it's like, I, I love that uh, Rob Zombie just puts that aesthetic into all of his movies, that old kind of, like, retro rock and roll vibe, you know? Like, love the devil's rejects and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, dude, Rob Zombie's like, love him or hate him, if you're a horror fan, he's living the life, dude. Like, sure, he hasn't made... Some of his movies are not critically acclaimed and they're not like the most in-depth dialogue and like plot. But dude, he's a rock star who's directing horror movies, bro. Like the guy, to me anyways, is like living the dream. He kills it. And White Zombie Live is amazing. Like one of the best bands I've seen live. Yeah, I'm a a huge fan of Rob Zombie, dude. And Halloween, Rob Zombie 1 and 2, I thought they were good. I agree with you, 1 is a lot better. Two gets weird with the white horse, right? (laughs) So that's my only complaint about some Rob Zombie films is, okay, Lords of Salem is a perfect example of like what bugs me about Rob Zombie sometimes is that was another movie where I thought it was, it was so good. It was so subtle. It had, it had like, it wasn't an in your face horror movie for the most part. And then the last, 10 minutes when it just turns into that weird acid trip and there's like the the demon priests like jerking off and shit i was like you just you just blew it man why'd you have to get weird what why it's so weird man you had a good one going he can be like that I, I i it wouldn't surprise me if he's dropped some acid dude and that's uh reflecting in his directing style but you know what i mean <laughs> but yeah he's he can be like that if you look at house of a, a thousand corpses um the first, you know, three-fourths of that movie is relatively, like, believable. It's, it's like Texas Chainsaw Massacre meets uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, it's, it's, a haunt, it's a haunted house. A.K.A. Dr. Satan. Oh, shit! What do you think of Jordan Peele? He's the new craze, right? He's done, he's directed Us. He directed Get Out. I thought Us was good. It wasn't. I didn't think it was as strong as Get Out. Um, but I I liked his. I enjoyed his movies. I'll, 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 he's one I'll go see his movies. I'm super into. Um, I mean, I think everyone is right now. But I, I love Ari Aster. And what did he do? He did uh, Hereditary and Midsummer. Right. Okay. I, I'm on IMDb right now, and I just looked up Midsummer because I knew that was going to come up. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Midsummer is is one fucked up movie, isn't it? Yeah. Both of them. Hereditary. Hereditary was one of those movies. I didn't. I didn't really know a lot about it going into it, and then by the end of that movie, I was just, my jaw was just on the floor. Like that movie blew me away. It was. It was such a for a horror movie. That was such a deep movie. Like there was. 
so much like it was, it was watching a family fall apart after a after a tragedy without giving it away to anyone who hasn't seen it but that movie man just punched me right in the stomach yeah the fact that he can take midsummer and make it make the entire movie daytime and make it still sort of freaky and and super like realistic right that that was so it's funny i didn't love that movie when i saw it in the theaters and i think it was because when i went into it i was expecting another hereditary you know but i've since watched it maybe three more times and every time i watch it i, I love it even more yeah, it's good. Hereditary got super weird. The first time I watched it, I was all for it. And then, you know, spoiler alerts, but when she starts like flying around and shit, I was like, you know, this is not real. This turned fantasy all of a sudden. But again, I like it. Oh man, some of that imagery he got in that when she's banging her head on the on the on the attic door, like, oh man, and then that shot where she's just with the piano wire hanging up there, cutting her own head. Oh, God. Freaky. Shit that sticks with you, huh? I think that's what I like with horror movies is like scenes that will just stick with you. You know, like you got to shout out uh, the OG, uh, the shower scene. Stuff like that is, is kind of what I'm looking for. It's cool to, to geek out on uh, horror movies on this Halloween 2020. Um, remakes. Horror remakes. Yes or no? Um. I'll give, I'll give you a couple examples of horror remakes that I thought really worked. Evil Dead. Watched it last night. I dug that one. And It. Highest grossing horror movie of all time. I liked, I liked it. I thought It too was a little eh. I agree. I like the kids. I thought the kids were, were key. Oh yeah, and it like and it totally came out around that time where we were all hooked onto like that Stranger Things type vibe, you know. So it kinda had that same feeling, you know. Oh well I'm Pennywise the dancing cloud. One that I'm not too into that I was just trying to watch and at first when I watched it it was okay. The Nightmare on Elm Street remake. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street remake and then the Friday the 13th remake I, neither of those did anything for me how can you have Freddy without Robert England and I was thinking to myself like I wonder if Robert England the actor that played the original Freddy I wonder if he was like offended do you know why they didn't have him in the remake I, I don't the only thing I can think of is maybe they, they didn't want someone as like as old yeah that could be, but look at the Freddy character. He's all fucking like burned and old anyways, you know? <laughs> One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Stephen King in an interview in that podcast with Eli Roth said what his favorite adaptation is that he wrote. Do you know what it is? I don't know. One that he absolutely hated was The Shining. Yeah, he hated that. Come play with us. When Kubrick makes a, a movie out of a book, he doesn't really... He basically takes the idea of the of the source material and just says, but I'm just going to rewrite it to whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, Kubrick definitely ran with it, and, and he didn't like it. Obviously, Stephen King didn't like that film adaptation, but 
the one that he liked the most was Misery. Really? I can see that. That was a great movie. That's on record as being Stephen King's, his his book that went to film that was his favorite. I thought that was kind of interesting. Something about Misery, um, a few weeks ago about that, about the hobbling scene. And apparently it was supposed to be much more gruesome than than what they had ended up with but they 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 had to tame it down to get a to get a real release for it and there were there was a handful of big name actors that they they had in mind for um what's the main character's name and that the writer paul is that his name yeah paul paul sheldon (laughs) yeah yeah they they had a bunch of big name actors that they had asked to play his part and they turned it down because of that hobbling scene Do you know what they did to the native workers who stole diamonds? Don't worry, they didn't kill them. That would be like junking a Mercedes just because it had a broken spring. No, if they caught them, they had to make sure they could go on working. But they also had to make sure they could never run away. The operation was called hobbling. You know that was not in the book, right? Right. Yeah, that the hobbling scene, that's what it's called, right? Where where she Annie puts the the block of wood in between her, the Paul's feet and fucking takes a sledgehammer to it. You really only see one foot cave in. And then the second time she does it, you don't you don't see anything. It's for the best. Annie, please. It's just left to your imagination. And to me that that kind of is, is what I was saying earlier is what your mind puts into those scenes where you don't see what's happening that hits harder than actually seeing it. Yeah. I love subtlety in horror so much is like just let the audience's imagination fill in those gaps, you know. Yeah, and I think bringing it back to Halloween that seems to be a favorite of of ours, you know, the original Halloween. I think Carpenter does that. I think that that movie captures that almost better than any other movie, dude. That's a good way to put what I appreciate most in horror movies is the ones that can really build that atmosphere of dread, you know? But when a horror movie can really, like, just fill you full of that feeling of dread, like, that's that's an accomplishment, you know? Yeah, why is it that we like to be scared in horror movies? I think it's it's a cliche to say, but I think it's that same feeling you get when you're on a roller coaster or you're, you know, when you're a kid riding your bike 100 miles an hour down a big hill or it's just you get that adrenaline flowing and it's that uh, it just makes you feel alive a little bit. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And and possibly brings us back you know to bring it back to the start of this you you know you watching horror films with your dad and i used to watch them with with my parents you know kind of bringing them back uh to our youth i used to have nightmares of freddy bro i would have fucking gnarly uh night terrors where i would wake up and i'd still be awake i still remember them and i would see shit with my eyes open and I would walk, you know, from my, my bedroom to the kitchen and my parents would, you know, they'd be there with me trying to wake me up, wake up, wake up, wake up. And yeah, it's, <laughs> I think I started watching horror movies a little young, but, uh, <laughs> a music podcast. We're keeping it music. We're keeping it Halloween and horror. Happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, are you ready to get your skills tested? Oh, I'm about to make myself look real bad. Yeah, let's do it. Let the game begin. 
It's funny, you guys were on last year, 2019, uh, 33 days before Halloween. Yeah. Which is the first line of Whiskey and Damned, right? There's only 33 days till Halloween. Yeah, and uh, actually, we... I, I don't know if I'm allowed to give this away or not, but we, we did a full band version of that song that'll be on the uh, the album. Yes. My favorite Petty Saint song. Is it? Honestly, Whiskey and Damned. I liked Hollywood too a lot, bro. I'm glad that I recorded it. You can go back to last year's Palapalooza episode. You have one of the, the rare recordings of it. And it sounds good. Like, not even to like, I don't think it's really on me. I think it's just on Kieran. He's got, he's got some skills. It sounds fucking great. I was just rocking it with my brother. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked that I have that because honestly, I think it is really good. I'm waiting for the day he realizes he doesn't need us and just does his own solo thing because that, that kid can. He's a good songwriter, bro. Absolutely. He is. Props to Kieran. All right, here we go. Question number one on horror with Brett Reeves on Palapalooza. What classic horror movie features a serial killer in a William Shatner mask? Halloween. Halloween. We're starting off easy. Due to its budget, the prop department for Halloween had to use the cheapest mask they could find in the costume store uh, and a William Shatner mask from The Devil's Reign, uh, which they altered. They spray-painted it white. So they ended up using that as the Michael Myers mask. That's pretty cool. All right, question number two. In which horror movie does the protagonist write a book that contains the line, All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy? Shining. The Shining. Again, easy, right? Easy. All right, two for two. Question three. What classic horror movie was originally titled The Babysitter Murders? Halloween. Halloween. Uh, John Carpenter originally intended to call his movie The Babysitter Murders. The producer thought the story might resonate more if it were based around a specific holiday. So they called it Halloween. And you know what? Thank God they did, man. Because I don't think that movie would have the legacy it has if it wasn't just simply called Halloween. Makes you wonder, huh? I've watched interviews and I do remember Carpenter saying that it blew his mind that no movie was called Halloween before that. You know? Yeah. Just just very simple and to the point. Yeah, and I agree. <laughs> Halloween's a lot better. Well, if you think about it, the ba- calling it the babysitter mur- murders would almost give it such a campy feeling to it. You know, like you'd see it on the shelf and like on a babysitter. It sounds like, you know, slumber party massacre or something. <laughs> totally. Question four. How many people associated with The Exorcist died during production? Oh, fuck. I'll give you I'll give you four options, all right? Three, six, nine, or twelve. Was it six? Fuck, I don't even know this answer. Nope, not six. Nine. Nine. Nine, yes. You can watch there's a there's a uh, documentary called Cursed Films. Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. That's pretty dope. It talks about the exorcist. 
Uh, talks about the Twilight Zone movie, which is just horrendous. Poltergeist. The Poltergeist, obviously. Uh, all these films that were supposedly cursed. But yeah, The Exorcist, uh, nine people died during production. By the end of the film's production, nine people associated with its making had passed away, including Jack, who played Burke Dennings, uh, Linda Blair's grandfather. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, a night watchman on the set and a special effects expert. Crazy. I think that I think there was also the set burned down a couple times. There was a lot of shit that went on with that production. <laughs> it doesn't surprise me. If people are going to die on any set, it definitely doesn't surprise me that it happened on The Exorcist. Your mother sucks cocks in hell, Paris. Question number five. What horror film was the first movie to show a woman in just a bra and a slip? Oh, that's my boy Hitch, man. Psycho. Ding, ding, ding. Psycho, yep. Also the first one to show uh, a toilet, right? Was that the first movie to show a toilet on screen? Was it? Could be. Yeah, you could be right there. I'm not sure about that. But yeah, Marianne Crane, played by Janet Lee, was in the opening scene of that shown in her bra, and that was the first. That was the first for 1960. And that was crazy for that time for her to get killed off so early. We mentioned uh, Alicia Silverstone dying in that one movie soon. That was kind of how Marianne Crane was, right? Marianne Crane was for uh, Psycho, dying so soon. Yeah. And then uh, Scream, the same thing with Drew Barrymore. She was the biggest cast actress in that movie, and she first seen. Like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? All right, you're doing good, dude. Three out of three out of five, right? Or was that four? Oh, my God. Four. All right, <laughs> Brett. Four, bro. <laughs> four. All right, four out of five, pretty good. What color is Freddy Krueger's sweater? Red and green? Red and green. There you go. According to Wes Craven, those were the two colors that clashed the most to the human retina. Number seven. How many people does Jason Voorhees kill in the first Friday the 13th film. In the first film? Like just the first film? Yep. Oh, zero. Zero. And why is that? Because his mother was the killer. You're too good, bro. That's why I had you on. That's why I hit you up. Yep. His mom was the original killer and Friday the 13th. How about this? A side question. When does the hockey mask appear? What sequel? Friday the 13th, 3D. Three? Yep, crazy, huh? They, yeah. didn't, they didn't even think of the hockey mask as like iconic as that is to this day until the third Friday the 13th. Wild, huh? Well, because the second one, it was we had the burlap sack with the, the one eye cut out of it. Which is kind of like uh, the town that dreaded sundown a little bit, right? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, shout out. Yep. All right, number eight. In Scream, what is rule number one on Randy's list of rules for surviving a horror movie? There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Well, they don't have sex. 
Yeah, you got it. Don't have sex. You can never have sex. Big no-no. Big no-no. What were the other rules? Um, don't say, I'll be right back. Yep. Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. No, uh, no, no partying. Yep, no drinking or drugs. You can never drink or do drugs. <laughs> no, the sin factor. I think that's it. Yeah, I think just three. Don't, don't drink or do drugs. Don't have sex. Don't say I'll be right back. Yeah. If you do that, you can survive a horror movie. <laughs> so, are you a Scream fan? Yeah, fuck yeah. I think for modern day horror, it's up there in the top five or ten yeah i think scream is one of the smartest horror movies i've ever seen for sure how self-aware that movie is that it's a horror movie i i love it yeah shout out to Wes craven rest in peace man he he killed it yeah all right continuing on here number 10 man you missed one right so you're nine of ten i think so i should know this uh moving on what was the original title of the blob Oh fuck! I used to know this. The original title of the Blob, yeah, the 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 original one that they used had already been used by uh, a cartoonist, so they had to change it. I remember it was it was actually super close to the Blob, was it? Exactly. Um, oh oh the the Glob. Yeah, you got it. The Glob. You're too good, bro. You're not googling these, are you? No. <laughs> Brett, you're like, damn, I could be. <laughs> yeah, now, now I. Uh... Yeah, I have to shout out my dad. He might be listening to this, but he hosted a trivia game show on the radio, and I sent you the link. I think recently it was called Hooked on Trivia, and he was on the radio here in in San Diego for 25 years on different AM stations, and I backed him up, and it was a really cool show, man. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I wish it was still around, but this kind of makes me think of that. Oh, yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, that's fun. What horror movie features a serial killer wearing a mask inspired by an Edward Munch painting? Oh, Scream, based on the Scream. Scream, based off uh, the painting entitled Scream. I didn't know that until I read that. That's pretty cool. What horror film caused some theaters to suggest to patrons prone to motion sickness to sit in the aisle seats. So just think of movies that had a lot of motion, (laughs) a lot of movement. Blair Witch? Yeah, good guess. The Blair Witch Project. What are your thoughts on that movie, dude? I like it. I loved it. I'm... I'm a big fan of found footage horror if it's done if it's done well. And um, yeah, I think that movie is just always going to hold a place because I saw it when I was young and it scared the fuck out of me because I was one of those people that thought it actually was real when I was a kid. You know, well, back in the when was that ninety or early two thousands, they promoted it as real, and then yeah. the actors came up, you know, the following day, and you saw the actors on MTV and shit, and you knew it wasn't a real thing, but. A lot of people went into that theater thinking the Blair Witch was a real thing. And yeah, it was freaky. Uh, that movie scared the shit out of me, man. I think it's still good. Yeah. I'm a fan. I think it's still fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm scared to close my eyes. 
scared to open them. <laughs> Moving on here, uh, in Poltergeist, Poltergeist, what grabs Robbie through his bedroom window? Oh, the tree, dude. The tree! That damn tree. That the movie was freaky. They're here. They're here. I remember the tree and the clown. That damn clown. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say that movie started the clown fear. I never got that. I'm not scared of clowns. Don't scare me. You're not afraid of clowns? Yeah, I'm not either, but there, it is a, it is a fear. You're, you're aware of this, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> It's kind of like a funny thing to be afraid of, and I think it originated from that movie, dude, right? Or It. Was It before Poltergeist? I wouldn't doubt it. Poltergeist was before It. Poltergeist was before It. Yeah, one of those two. Anyways, moving on. Halloween horror trivia with Brett Reeves of The Petty Saints. The Petty Saints. The Petty Saints. How much screen time does Freddy Krueger get in the first A Nightmare on Elm Street movie? Not much. I know. How many minutes would you would you estimate that Freddy Krueger was featured in that original Nightmare on Elm Street? I'll give you I'll give you choices: uh, three and a half, twenty-one, fourteen, or seven. Only because it's my lucky number, I'll go seven. Seven, seven minutes. Director Wes Craven knew the unseen was far scarier than the scene, which is why Freddy Krueger only has seven minutes. That's like uh, that's like Beetlejuice, man. You don't see Beetlejuice for like the first 45 minutes of that movie. Yeah. Or think about Jaws. Yeah. You don't, you don't see the shark until I think halfway through the movie. Yeah. Something like that. Even in the intro, dude where the chick is flailing around in the ocean it's terrifying bro you know that that scene alone would make you never want to swim again in the beach dude you don't see the shark you don't see the shark yeah right all right yeah like you said man the the fear it's the fear of the unseen all right a couple more all right you're doing pretty good you've only missed one or two uh, where does Friday the 13th take place? You're asking me like the state? No, just in general. You know, the the area. Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake. Yep. Moving on. You're doing good, buddy. What, which horror film was filmed in just seven days? Um. Took just seven days. I don't know. I don't know. We talked about Halloween. It wasn't Halloween though. That that movie was filmed in about you know a few weeks. I want to say a couple weeks. It was Paranormal Activity. Oh, I, I love that one. That was filmed here in San Diego. Yep, it was Carlsbad, right? Something like that. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's the kind of movie that I wouldn't want to watch uh, Home Alone. Or if I did, <laughs> it would kind of fuck with me a little bit. <laughs> do, you, do you believe in the uh, in the in the ghost ghostly happenings? Yeah, I do. I, I'm not the type of guy that would buy a, a Ouija board. That that's one thing I, I would stay away from. Oh, I I fully believe in man. I I'm 
I think that shit's real. Yeah, I think that they're yeah they're around us, but maybe like in a different sort of dimension. And I, I think you can allow them to come into our dimension. You know? Yeah, I, I'm a believer in that shit. Yeah, it's uh, that kind of shit kind of freaks me out a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Slasher films and and chainsaws and Michael Myers. Nah, it's all fun, but like ghosts that you can't see that are standing above your bed while you're sleeping. Yeah. Screw all that. Yeah. <laughs> Last question, Brett Reeves. Uh this has gone on a little bit longer, but it's fun, man. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Yes, sir. Uh, last question. What was the first horror film to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar? Oh, that's it. The Exorcist. The Exorcist. It earned uh, 10 Oscar nominations in 1974. Yep. What was the first to win? Oh, fuck. I don't... Well, let me ask you this. What, what was the first to win Best Picture? First horrible? Yeah. I'm not sure. Silence of the Lambs. That's, yeah. Do you consider that a horror movie? Yeah, fuck yeah. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. 1991, best picture. Uh, crime drug. Eh, I guess more thriller, huh? It's like, to me, it could be a horror. It's one of those movies where I feel like it it, it plays in, like, in a lot of different genres. Kind of the same as uh, Seven. Right. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Dude, Seven. Shout out Seven. Watched that recently? Top five of all time. That movie's so well done, dude. That's one of those movies where I wish I had never seen it just so I could relive that ending again. What's in the box? Down, David. Seems that envy is my sin. Oh, what's in the box? Not taking. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the upper hand. Yeah, seven, dude, is is so good. Dude, Brett Reeves, uh, any any message for the local music scene here in San Diego? I fucking miss you guys. No, it's sad, huh? I miss it. When this is all over, the first thing that happens better be a fucking Doc Hammer show, I'll tell you that. I just miss... Uh, it's just sad, dude. It's sad that we're not all able to do what we love doing, man. But yeah, to go back to the scene, uh, we miss you all. Uh, it's nice chatting with you. The Petty Saints, a new album coming out, 10 songs, uh, released under Dark Horse Records. And uh, I, I look forward to it, man. I'm a, I'm a huge fan. It's nice catching up. I miss your dimples. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> COVID has been a horror movie. It has. It's been a horrific year or a thriller or a drama or a comedy. I think everything kind of mixed into one. It's, it's definitely played on, on all of the emotions. It's legit zombie apocalypse to me. That's the first thing I thought of. Like, I've got two fucking months left of the year. Yeah. God knows how long it's going to go on, too. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? When do you think... When do you think a local show will happen? With people in the crowd, man? I, I don't even know. <laughs> That's fucking sad that we even have to, like, say that, huh? Yeah. With Hey, with people? 
with actual people. It's so weird the things we've gotten used to, huh? And and yeah, it's it's scary the things we've that have become normal. Yeah, and how quick it, how quickly things became normal. Yeah. I think it will all get back to normal and again, I think we'll look back on this and not laugh, but just like anything in life that you have to overcome, I think we'll look back at it as a speed bump that made us stronger, you know, in a sense. Let's hope, man. Keep being creative. I think that is really what it comes down to, man. Continue doing what you're doing with the Petty Saints. Keep being creative. Um, Spread love, not hate, right, on social media. Spread ideas. Don't suppress them. (laughs) Well, you know me, man. I'm I'm a fan of the good vibes. I know you are. Yeah, and I appreciate that. But uh, yeah, all the best to you, brother. Nice, nice checking in with you. Happy Halloween. Uh, happy Halloween to everyone listening. Halloween 2020. Have a good one, man. Hey, you too, brother. It was good chatting with you, man. Right on, big guy. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Halloween 2020 to you all. Be safe out there. And be sure to be on the lookout for the Petty Saints new album coming soon. See you later. I wish I was a troublemaker, battle, something more. All my friends have been to jail, or they gave their parents hell. I wish I was a troublemaker, battle, something more. All my friends have been to jail, or they gave their parents hell. I wish I was. One, two, three, four, Palapalooza, Palapalooza, we're talking to you, I'm Palapalooza, yeah.